hundreds of years we brought you the news printed the info we gave you the clues owners profits were always sky high changing market now threatens our lives post literation critical reading dumbed down nation signs of from our head, public discourse, just about dead, we'll ride the dinosaur, yeah, ride the dinosaur. All right, you ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into podcast mode. Okay. Hey, everybody. My first podcast. Wait, no, John, you interrupted me. Did I, blo- I blew it. I blew it <laughs> my first podcast, and already. Oh, right, here we Terrible. go. Hey everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing. My name is Eugene Driscoll of valleyindy.org. You can follow us on Twitter at Valley Indie or on Facebook at, uh, I don't know, facebook.com, Valley Independent Sentinel. Today, my guest is John Marini, a familiar name to anyone who either listens to this local news podcast or has read valleyindy.org for the past decade. By day, he is the corporation counsel for the city of Ansonia and and an attorney uh, in general. But by night, he is a super science fiction fan, Godzilla specifically. He will correct me if I'm wrong. And he is on this podcast to talk about Godzilla Stomps the Strand, which is happening July 27th, 7 p.m. at the Strand Theater, 165 Main Street in Seymour. It's 10 bucks to get in, and that's what we're going to be talking about. So after that long-winded introduction, John, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Eugene. Thanks for having me. You know, no, my pleasure. So, growing up, were you always a Godzilla fan? Is that like your number one pop culture thing? So I guess that's actually true, since I was, I believe, five years old. And I saw Godzilla in 1985 uh, during its TV, de- TV debut. Where'd you grow up, John? Um, actually, I was born in Bridgeport and eventually moved to Trumbull. Now, I remember, I mean, I'm, a, I'm 45, I think I got a couple of years on you, but I remember as a kid, it was either like, and I was in New York, it was like Channel 5 in New York, which was like now the Fox affiliate, or Channel 9, or WPIX, one of those always used to show, I guess, the 60s and 70s era Godzilla, is that what you were first exposed to? Yeah, so to? for me, WPIX, Channel 11. Okay. So it was the same and thing. Show the majority of those movies, you know, and uh, I remember seeing that original debut of that '85 movie, um, and my parents letting me stay up to see it. And I think the following summer, WPAX ran an entire week of Godzilla movies, you know, every day a different one. And um, basically, I, I actually still have the VHS that I recorded all of those uh, films on. Oh, nice! That's got to have some sweet old uh, commercials on there. Crazy Eddie galore, I would assume. Exactly, because you, you find some real oddities from that time. Another quiet, tranquil day in Derby. Oh, no. Not Chainsaw Chuck again. There's no dicker sticker got to go! There's still room to negotiate! These prices are too high! I don't think it's the prices that are too high. I'll cut him up like a steak I ever lunched! He's off the lunch permanently. I've calmed down now. I'll cut till we negotiate the right price. Dworkin Chevrolet, Seymour Avenue, Derby. 
Yeah, so I misunderstood. You're saying there, I, I forgot, there was a, a, a release of Godzilla in 85. Tell me about that one. I don't know if that one jumps out at me. Was that, was yeah. that one where Raymond Burr came back? or? Yeah, exa- exactly. In the American version, Raymond Burr is back. Um, of course, uh, many people know him best for playing Perry Mason, both in the 50s and when they brought Perry Mason back. And so um, this was actually a – this was supposed to be Godzilla's return after the end of the original series in the 70s. So um, Godzilla fans know that the original series was referred to as the Showa series, named after the basically the imperial reign at the time. And uh, in the 80s, the series was basically rebooted. So before reboots became a thing, Godzilla was doing it a, a long time before. Um, and this was basically created to be a direct sequel to the original Godzilla movies, skipping everything in between. That's awesome. But before I, I have a, a bunch of questions about uh, Godzilla, and because I, I I don't know uh, as much as you do, I didn't realize that you know basically I watched as a kid on WPX like you did, uh, and then it sort of dropped off my radar. And it's fascinating to sort of look online, and there's all these different eras of Godzilla movies. It almost has its own little. Uh, it's like comic books with the classic uh, uh, comic books, how they have all these different stories and variations and eras. But let's talk about the two movies that are going to be playing uh, Saturday the 27th at The Strand. What's playing, John? So we're going to show um, Godzilla versus King Ghidra, and this is actually a 1991 film. So this comes from that second series of Godzilla movies. Um, it's co- they're called the Heisei the Heisei era of Godzilla films. And arguably it's the standout of that group. Why is that? Godzilla. Well, you know, I, I guess it's just uh, Godzilla fighting one of his chief adversaries, King Ghidra, the three headed flying dragon that you may know from many people may know from, from the most recent Godzilla movie that just hit. They brought him back for that. Okay. And it just has a whole bunch of uh, crazy things going on. We have time travel. We have a secret uh, origin basically Godzilla's backstory. We get to see Godzilla before he was mutated, when he was you know, just a dinosaur. Really? We have some allusions to Terminator, to the Terminator series, which is really far out there even for Godzilla movies. So it's just a real spectacle. And it's all capped off by Mecha King Ghidra, which is essentially the cyborg variation of the King Ghidra character. And, and really the first and only time that that character shows up. And did that make in that in that sort of a revival that happened there in the late '80s and early '90s that you're referring to? Did that particular movie uh, make money? Like I don't remember it ever coming across uh, to the mainland U.S. But was that a big money maker uh, in Japan and elsewhere? Do you know? Well, it was actually an attempt in Japan to revive interest in the Godzilla series. So Godzilla came back in '85, which that was your straight Godzilla movie where he basically a recreation of the original. Um, they bring him back out in the late 80s, early, early 90s to fight a giant mutated rosebush with Godzilla versus Bylanti. And then they decide, you know, we got to get some original characters in here to generate a little more interest. What you, what you, what you, wait, 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 Godzilla you're, you're, versus King Deidre comes in. You're telling me the rosebush wasn't a big hit? Godzilla fighting well, a rosebush? It has developed quite a cult reputation, and the rosebush was actually created with uh, Godzilla DNA. <laughs> of course, so, it was. There's a little, of course, you know, you can get you can get a little into it. But um, so it's interesting with Godzilla versus King Ghidra when it comes out. It actually met with some some interesting mixed reviews, um, as generated a little controversy with Godzilla's secret origin, because uh, 
you know, not to not to open up a spoiler on the movie, but it actually shows Godzilla as a dinosaur fighting uh, U.S. Navy men in the Pacific uh, War Theater. Oh, no kidding. Okay, then did you so see that? Direct... I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. Oh, I was going to say it's, it never it never uh, screened theatrically in the United States, and actually a. a good amount of those following movies in the 90s, those Godzilla 90s movies, never made it to the U.S. Now, were you aware of them when they were coming out back then? I mean, you must have been in, in like middle school or high school, I would assume. Uh, exactly. You... So, so actually, no. Yeah, the answer is that a lot of Godzilla fans here in the U.S. had no idea that the Godzilla series was proceeding um, because they weren't being shown on TV, they weren't in the movies. And so unless you were aware uh, as to what was happening in Japan, you really had no idea that the, the adventures, so to speak, were continuing. So the first time that a lot of us heard of these movies were when they came to home video in the late 90s, which is exactly how I found that, uh, Godzilla versus King Ghidra for the first time. Did you have like a, a group of friends uh, that you were watching these movies with? Or was it always sort of solitary? Did, were there other? And I guess with the advent of the internet, it's easy to connect with uh, with other Godzilla fans because I know this. It, it's a true cult following. So was this like a thing you guys would watch in college together? Or I mean, really, my friends that watched this were really my elementary school friends, right? So from there, it was sort of you know just randomly running into it at Blockbuster Video. Gotcha. All right, and then the second movie, the, the second one that's playing. Uh, at the Strand, July 27th, starting at 7 p.m. Tickets are $10 cash, by the way. Uh, what's the second thing you're showing? So the second one has a bit of a name. It's Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, All Out Monster Attack. <laughs> and this is from 2001. What made you, why, why, why did you uh, choose this one? How does it stand out? So this is actually a pretty fantastic film. It's got, as you can tell by the titles, a whole bunch of monsters. There's even one, unfortunately, that's left out of the title, uh, the monster Baragon, who previously only appeared in a movie called Frankenstein Conquers the World. It is Frankenstein even Back, in? Uh, decades before. Is oh, Frank... Frankenstein's in it. You know, He's in it? Okay. All right. I was just reading the other day about somebody. Uh... Oh, you know what? I was reading a, a book I have from like the 90s where they, they a lot of times they would just uh, slap Frankenstein onto a... Uh whatever horror movie, and there is actually no connection to Frankenstein. But this one does... Just so, the, name, the name is a draw. So, like, and, and let's talk about, okay, so, like, the bigger picture here. I saw that this event is sponsored by uh, Sci-Fi at the Strand, and then the Strand itself. Uh, so what's your involvement? Are you, as a uh, hardcore sci-fi uh, expert, from what you've just said, uh, the history of Godzilla here, are you bringing... Uh, these sci-fi movies back to the Strand? Is this going to be a regular thing, like the way uh, CT Cult Classics has been using the Strand now for a couple of years to show uh, horror movies and, and the like? Well, so actually, th these events, these, uh, these movies, are being shown directly by the Strand. So I'm a member of the Knights of Columbus and, that and have been for the past uh, two and a half years. And they own the Strand, essentially. That's their... And they own and operate the Strand. So as we were brainstorming ideas for films for the summer, which is traditionally a very slow two months, I introduced the idea of doing Godzilla. Because it's never a bad idea to watch Godzilla movies. And this is Godzilla's actually 65th anniversary, 2019. And he's back in the, uh, the mainstream theaters uh, with the, the yep, whole back new, in the mainstream theaters. The whole monster so universe uh, has, uh, has relaunched, I guess. 
Yep, and, and figured these are two underseen movies that really never got their chance on the big screen. So we created uh, Sci-Fi at the Strand as really a promotional arm to kind of get the word out. But these are a, this is a, a Strand-sponsored event, essentially being operated directly by the theater. Okay, that's great. And do you plan, I mean, are tickets uh, still available? Is it sold out? Do you think it's something that'll become a recurring thing at the Strand? I mean, I think it's awesome. I remember a couple of years ago, and I don't remember exactly when, like the town used to show movies there, I think, on the weekends, and and that was sort of died out because, I mean, so many people now essentially have mm-hmm. movie theaters in their living rooms, so, uh, and with you can just get everything on demand or through streaming services. It's become really tough for these small, really cool, quaint, old-school theaters like the strand but it seems like it's going through this rebirth which is exciting uh to watch so you think this will be something that'll be recurring well if there's another opportunity to bring more uh, giant monster movies to the strand we'll definitely do that i could say certainly we're uh, we've been inspired big time by what larry dwyer has done with his connecticut called classics and is doing a fantastic job and of course a spot for him his next event is august 17th which is doing uh, his, uh, horror films, a sleepaway camp. camp, right? Yeah, right. And right, right. Friday the Thirteenth. Now, uh, do you think are you appealing to the same crowd, or is this a different type of crowd that's going to come to see Godzilla? I think there's a little bit of a crossover here: horror fans, science fiction fans. I think a lot of them draw from the same well. I think it's a little bit of a different crowd because, as you've mentioned, there there really is a cult of interest surrounding Godzilla specifically in these films, and they're just not that often seen. Um, a lot of times when they do Godzilla movie nights, they'll go back to the original, which, of course, is you know, very you know, well justified. Uh, it's arguably the best of the 35 films that we've seen in the series. But, um, you know, a lot of times the 90s series and later, they don't get their chance to be viewed as they were meant to be viewed on a big screen. So we're very excited to give fans the opportunity to see them that way. And then I know you have your father of two young boys uh, what are they, like third grade now, fourth grade, something like that? They're going into fourth grade. And now I have a son also, and obviously the, 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 the whole reason uh, to have a son is to impart your pop culture knowledge uh, onto mm. him, right? I mean, that's why we have, yeah. uh, that's why we have children. Uh, but I'm always jealous because I've like, I was just literally, before I started this podcast, uh, I was trying to get my son, actually it was about an hour ago, trying to get my son to watch uh, the Blues Brothers on TV, you know, not, not the R-rated or whatever. I guess it's PG. But, you know, I was trying to get him to watch the Blues Brothers. I'm like, look, this is one of the greatest movies ever made. It gets better, better with age. Look at this car chase. Those cars are really going that fast. The last 20 minutes of the movie is a hilarious car chase, which isn't easy to do. The, you know, t- that movie's not being made, and he just was like, I, I want to play Fortnite. He could care less but you have somehow managed to impart your pop culture obsession uh, onto your children like what's their favorite uh, are they into godzilla as much as you are do they ask you questions are you going through the whole history of it or are they just like dad give me a break i i, I gotta go i'm going outside yeah they've watched a lot of the movies um they're into it they have their own favorite monsters um but we've got a chance to go to uh, uh, festivals like the blob fest in pennsylvania mm. Um, and I believe they were about th- uh, four years old at the time, uh, where they got to see an, a screening of the original Blob and also King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, and I, I would also say what Larry Dwyer, again, has been doing with the, with the Connecticut Cult Classics have given us a wonderful opportunity. The three of us are often there in the front row taking in those films. But when it comes to uh, next week's show, 
They've been playing an active part in helping put it together. We've been picking out uh, trailers together to show before both the films. Oh, that's awesome. So that's some of their handiwork and picking out uh, some prizes that will be given away at the show. All Godzilla related, of course. Yeah, and I saw you have a couple of sponsors, like the Vinegar Syndrome, which is a great sort of uh, movie. I don't know how to describe them. Uh, rare to find horror films and cult films down there in Bridgeport. And they're, they're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Talking about bringing business into Connecticut. I mean, you have this group here that is restoring old cult horror sci-fi films and releasing them onto Blu-ray. So um, this isn't just something for uh, Connecticut residents. This has turned into a national... Uh, thing here where they're developing quite a niche in their area. You know, they're becoming a major player in, re- in basically releasing these uh, these obscure flicks, giving them another life on Blu-ray. And of course, they run the archive, Bridgeport. Yeah, that is just so has cool. to be seen to believe. Have you, have you got a chance to check that out? No, I've never been down there. I'm just uh, learning about all these uh, shops. I was going to ask you about another one that I just saw that's connected to this event. I saw. I, I was just like randomly going on Facebook. I, I you know I often fall into Facebook, uh, the Facebook vortex, just by the nature of the Valley Indie. But there's some kind of weird shopper or something like that. Weird World. What's the name of that? The other sponsor? Wonderland. In Milford. It's actually on uh, Bridgeport Avenue in Milford. And again, another one that has to be seen. Um, it's a collection of really all sorts of pop culture, drawing from horror, again, science fiction, uh, fantasy, and everything from a lot of prints, a lot of um, just stuff you're not going to see anywhere else. You know, I, I, somebody on Facebook described it as uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse meets uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> And so I think, uh, Eugene, definitely someplace that, that you have to check out. And run by a great guy, Eric Bruce, who does a lot of conventions. He's out there selling a lot of this stuff at um, you know, the horror cons. And he actually will be there with, um, with, his, with, with a lot of Godzilla-related merchandise at the, uh, at the Strand on Saturday. So he's at the, uh, Weirdo Wonderland is actually our special guest vendor, and they will be there with a whole setup. We get a little oh, that- preview there of what the store is like. That is awesome. And so how can people uh, buy tickets? They're available at the door. Should they, should they buy them in advance? So the best way to buy the tickets is the, really the, the classic way, at the door. Okay. They'll be available uh, starting at, uh, I believe, about 6 o'clock on Saturday. If, there is, uh, if you're interested in buying the tickets before the show, then we'd certainly urge you to go down to Guitar Fixer Bob. Who, and he's got a guitar, uh, a guitar uh, repair shop right next to the Strand, and he will be pre-selling tickets leading up to the event. That's awesome. But otherwise, he'll be available the day of the event at the door. Awesome. So it's coming up July 27th. And I just got to ask you my last question before I let you go. What's your favorite Godzilla movie? Well, I'd say it's the original. It's very hard to beat the 1954 version of Godzilla, but... You know, I think if you ask a lot of Godzilla fans that question, they're going to come up with that same answer. So after that, I mm. think it's really uh, the Godzilla Mothra King Ghidra uh, film that we're going to show at the uh, Strand next week. Oh, wow. No kidding. All right. So that's exciting. What about, I just, I said it would be my last question, but whatever. I'm a liar. It's Saturday. What else do we have to do except talk about Godzilla on, on a computer? Uh, the uh, Godzilla versus, like, I, mean, I don't know if this is the title, the Smog Monster? I remember that yes. one being very disturbing. Uh, as a kid, how does that rank uh, in terms of real hardcore Godzilla fans? I mean, basically, Godzilla fights pollution. It's very 
uh, late sixties era. It's an environmentally yeah. topical film. It also has a, a lot of psychedelic elements. Yeah, it's a standout because it's a bit of a departure from what Toho was doing at the time with the Godzilla series, and um, it's also got a very uh, sort of dark vibe to it. That if you take a look at it, it makes it a little more um, a little more grim. Than, than a lot of the uh, more cartoonish movies that were coming out right before. It's got its own cult following, I would say. There's a lot of people that love that one. Some people don't. Yeah, like I remember like it being disturbing. I remember. I definitely remember being like, "This is kind of freaky and scaring me as a kid." While the other were more, the others were like, you, you know, they were like WWF matches. You know, they were just a, a lot of fun. All right, those are all my questions, uh, Mr. Marini. I want to thank you for indulging me. And uh, I, I definitely hope it's a, a success. I think the Strand is such a great thing uh, in the Naugatuck Valley. So it's so cool that there's so many different events and people should check out the Strand. Search them on uh, Facebook. Uh, it's on 165 Main Street up there in Seymour. And the phone number is 203-888-2102. Uh, anything else you wanted to add, John, that I'm not asking you? That's it. That's it. We're going to have a great time uh, Saturday. And uh, if you're free... Um, I definitely urge everyone to come down. All right, John. That was John Marini, and uh, we'll see you next time on Naval Gazing the Valley Indie Podcast.
Dinosaur. 